everybody. We are back, as you can see. And no, this is not Todd Talk Podcast. <laughs> this, and no, it's not Beast of the East. This is actually the new and improved Best of the West. And uh, we are back, and uh, I- I'm uh, grateful to uh, to be hosting. And uh, I got a great got a great cast with me uh, tonight. Uh, as you can see, my buddy uh, Stacy from uh, Todd Talk is here, and uh, Corey, Corey uh, from uh, Believe in the Dogs, and uh, congratulations on y'all's championship, man! Uh, man, what a hell of a game! And uh, we're going to dive into it, but uh, fellas, uh, thank y'all for joining us tonight. And uh, man, it's uh, I- I'm I'm tired. <laughs> I'm just going to say it right oh, now, I'm tired. <laughs> I-, I-, I was I had that I had that internal debate going. Do I just want to talk to Jake tomorrow on, on SEC After Dark or ah, why not? Let's go. I'm, I'm tired. He's probably tired. 5 a.m. came way too early for me as well. So, um, And I appreciate you guys making me feel comfortable. Uh, you, you, you know, you guys roll out the red carpet to the point where you get the Beast of the East skin going uh, for uh, for this show. So I, I definitely appreciate that. Yeah, you, you know, it- the victor goes spoiled. So, I mean, you know, you, you deserve to have the Beast of the East logo up, even though this is Best of the West. But, uh, uh, Stacey, uh, thank you for, uh, for joining and, uh, being the new co host, uh, moving forward on, uh, Best of the West, man. Uh, I'm glad you're here. And, uh, you know, it, and, uh, the chat is blue, you know, blazing like always. So, uh, mm-hmm. SEC historian, good, good evening, gentlemen. Uh, good to have you on, uh, Casty, my, my wife, uh, my homies. So, uh, Thank, thank y'all. Yeah, keep yeah. keep that chat coming. Stacy. Yeah. Stacy, how you doing tonight, bud? Uh, man, I'm great, but I, I do want to make a little correction. You said new, new and improved. It is we're, we're back, and it, we're it's kind of a new show now. But I'm not sure about the improvement part. Of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm still ugly as ever, and, and they still see my face. I don't know, you know, that's not no improvement for sure. <laughs> but uh, you know, Ke- Kevin, uh, he did a great job. Uh, me and him started it. Uh, Stephen got us on, and and uh, just you know how how things are. You know, personal lives getting in the way and uh, you know me and steven's been trying to rack our brain the past couple of months try to get something you know um back together and stacy was able to finally you know break free of his of his busy schedule I was like yeah man I'll, I'll i'll join you guys so uh man it's uh moving forward man i'm excited for the future of uh beast of the east and best of the west sc out the dark and the all conference network. I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm excited that Stacy, we took our podcast and, and joined the network this year. Man, it's it's awesome. As you can see, Stephen Willis on Lock on SEC tomorrow. So I mean, yeah, be sure Lock, to check that out. Yeah, Lock, the all conference net network is bloom is booming, and, and it's it's like a like a freight train right now, fellas. So um, yeah, it's, but, it's exciting for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot that's happening. There's a lot of moving parts and. You know, I, I try to tell the people from the Tide Talk podcast that you're not you're not just going to be seeing Tide Talk stuff. You're going to be seeing Georgia, mm-hmm. uh, Tennessee, Ole Miss. You're going to see, you know, anything and everything SEC, which is great because, you know, in this part of the country, uh, SEC is it, it really. I mean, I know it's it's cliche, it's kind of cheesy, it's kind of corny to say it. Me, it just means more, but it really Absolutely. does. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's that's the fact of the matter. So, and and that really come to a head last night uh, in the championship game between Alabama and Georgia. I mean, you see, you know, without question, the two best programs in the country, you know, bat- battled out for four quarters and, and a great championship game and an old school championship game, mm-hmm. really, 
you know, with the great defensive performance from both teams. So uh, it was a lot of fun last night, uh, even though our team lost. But uh, it, it's it's amazing the SEC. I, I want to say in the last fifteen years they've won twelve of the of the fifteen championships. That's amazing overall. It's ridiculous, uh, man. I mean that that's just insane. It. I think Clemson's mm-hmm. won two, and, and Florida State's uh, won one. I think Ohio State's won one too. So, but. It's just incredible what the SEC has done, and uh, you know they're not. I don't see any signs of it slowing down either. No, I don't either. And uh, yeah, yeah, Corey, I don't know if you read that, but yeah, my <laughs> yeah. wife brought that up to me last night. I'm like, well, I guess yeah, you want to go ahead and I, tell I, I get, them. You know, <laughs> I get that a lot. Uh, I've got kids at school that call me Kirby Smart and all that stuff. So, hey, and, that's a compliment. It is. It really is. I'll take that every day of the week. And and uh, when I coach, I wear a visor too. So I really do. And yeah, a lot of it's the haircut too. Yeah. I, I guess it's that southern that southern guy. Yeah. Haircut, you know. Yeah. Um. um so yeah, no, I, I appreciate that, Cassidy. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we were on Rave on Sports last night. Uh, yeah. Doing doing a big chat, Jake, uh, myself, Israel, and uh, and Vinny Hardy as well, who got us all hooked up with that. So. Uh, thank you, Vinny, for that. Uh, so that was that was a lot of fun. That was lively. Uh, you talk about an in-game thread, just ebbing and flowing, man. It's uh, give me the Georgia frat boy. Uh, just the ebbs and flows of the game, just going through that, man. It, it, it was awesome. Uh, so, man, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll just jump right on into that game, man. Yeah, uh, you know, um, my personal opinion. You know, it's the the first half, man. It was. Like I was telling Steve when I jumped on, it was gut punch after gut punch after gut punch on both sides. And both teams weathered it well. And, you know, and I mean, it was just, just, you know, man on uh, mano on mano. And, and uh, got to halftime. Uh, and, you know, Corey, I said in the chat, I said, Alabama needs to, needs to weather this first series for Georgia. Mm-hmm. We did. We got the ball. Moved and I think we, I think that's when the field goal block happened, and and mm-hmm. then momentum kind of shifted a little bit. Then we had the shift back with the the strip sack, forced fumble, and yeah. and and all that. And I mean, just back and forth. And you know, the the fourth quarter, uh, Georgia started, you know, running four or five yards of carry. I was like, man, this we've got to, you know, that that's not good. And, and look at the outcome. So mm-hmm. you know, it, it was a great game overall, and. And uh, man, it's it was just an incredible night. I hate that Alabama lost, of course, but mm-hmm. you know I, I'm excited uh, that an SEC team won and showed the world again that the SEC is the dominant you know conference in college football. Yeah, I mean, just thank thank God that this wasn't Michigan because it would have <sighs> been a it would have been a bloodbath, man. Um, but. Yeah. You know, honestly, it, it's one of those games where you're watching. You're like, man, somebody's got to lose this game, and that that sucks because mm-hmm. these are far and away the two big, the two best teams in the conference, bar none. Um, and I, I just, I, I can't say enough good things about Alabama and just kind of where the conference is in general, and just kind of all the stuff that they had to deal with, Alabama, and all the stuff that Georgia had to deal with uh, throughout the course of the season w- was ridiculous, and yet here we are. We're talking right. about one of the epic national championship games between these two ball clubs. I mean, Georgia went 12-0, and 0 and they didn't have their top two receivers the entire season, Kyrus Jackson and George Pickens. Mm-hmm. You know, Alabama 
you know, they, they, they collect some injuries and they get some bad things happen. Like Brian Robinson goes down for a stretch of the season. They, they have some unfortunate stuff with Mechie and, you know, JMO getting, getting the targeting penalty in the Auburn game and almost, you know, was a, was a, a razor's edge away from not even being in the playoffs. So um, it's just one of those things where you just look and it's, it's truly like a game of inches. And then, right. and then two non-contact ACL injuries. I mean, you talk about terrible luck, man. It's just, but again, and, and I want to ask you guys, and, and I want to ask you in person now, not on Twitter um, because a, I saw you guys, I saw Jake, you, you agreed with you. You echoed uh, Stephen A. Smith, but I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> it's Stephen A, man. Like he's going to say, he's going to say the laziest take of all time, but you know, but <clears throat> you recruit all these five stars for a reason. Right. right. And, and, and it goes back to my original point of my concerns with Bill O'Brien uh, for, for y'all and, and his, lack of I, I guess intuitiveness or lack of proactiveness of knowing hey we've got these two great receivers that's fine and dandy we got all these five stars that we're not getting anywhere near enough reps for we're gonna need you know you know this game of football it's pretty violent right right you're gonna need him somewhere down the line right like yeah. jacory brooks like you're gonna need him in a big way somewhere right i don't think he played enough of a factor uh the holden guy i really like him number 11 I don't think he played it. I don't think he was 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 big enough. Latou, I don't think you guys utilized him enough, and certainly not Brian Robinson. I mean, he started running well in the second half and just yeah. went away from it, just abandoned it. So, all of those things are questionable. Like, why did you not develop depth behind Mechie and, and JMO? That's on the coaches. Yeah, you're right. Why did you're you right. abandon the run? That's on the coaches. Yeah, the 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 and that's the 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 the, the abandoning the run and, and I'm not saying that Alabama would have scored a touchdown. You know, the, the couple times they got inside the ten, if, if they would have ran the ball, there's no way of knowing for sure. But that that I, that I, one that first trip down there in the red zone, you probably would have. I mean, I would have liked to find and the same thing happened against Texas A and M if you remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> three plays at the three yard line, three straight pass plays, and on the third one, it was picked off in the end zone. I mean, just. Uh, the the questionable play calling by Bill O'Brien, the like you said, the the lack of awareness uh, that you know you can't just rely on two guys. You have to you have to be willing to uh, distribute the ball to other people. And I'm not just talking about from Bryce's perspective, but like because he he's going to throw it to the guy who's open. But mm-hmm. Treshawn Holden started playing in the Mississippi State game. He he caught like three or four passes for 70-something yards and a touchdown against Mississippi State, and we thought, okay, there's the number three guy. And then he went two weeks without playing. It just yeah. – it was very strange how they handled the wide receiver situation all season long. Um, but, you know, you know, I've, I've talked all season how, you, you know, you shouldn't doubt Alabama, you shouldn't doubt Nick Saban. And, and my, my point was that uh, Alabama's most likely going to be in the championship game. I mean, like – it's going to be hard to keep them out of it. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's hard to, I'm not saying they're going to win it every year, but they're going to, they're probably going to be there. And that's my whole point about even with all the, the bad decisions that Bill O'Brien made, the lack of development at wide receiver, I'm not talking about from a talent's perspective, but from an experience perspective. I mean, they, they just, they didn't put the guys out there. I mean, a Jai Hall, I know he dropped one, but you can just see the talent that oozes from that kid. I mean, 
Mm-hmm. If he if he's got his hands on the ball, he, he's dangerous. And uh, just he never saw the field in, in in time that mattered. And you know that's a little frustrating. But and that's uh, timing between him and Bryce. Like he, right. Like, I mean, yeah. Like and, and you were right in the chat, uh, Jake. JMO would have caught that ball because he would have known where Bryce likes to throw the ball. That's a whole mm-hmm. timing experience thing. That's right. that was one play where not having JMO hurt. Right. Yeah. You know, and 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 uh, not to overpower you, Jake, but on on the the whole coaching part of it, you know, everybody preaches about putting your players in the best position to win, and and the lack of Bill O'Brien just not. I, I'm not saying because you're not going to run on Georgia consistently, but there was moments in that game that Brian Robinson was able to to get some yards and and. You know, it just takes some of the pressure off Bryce Young. I mean, he threw it like fifty something times. He got and I know hit I'm, fifty-three times. I know yeah. I, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you got to do something to Jeez. to counteract the aggressive attack that, that Georgia had uh every time Bryce dropped back to pass. And it just seemed like it, it was abandoned a little too much. The running game was. Uh I'm not saying it would have made a difference in the game, but uh I just think that that Bill O'Brien has too much of an NFL style of, of scheme and uh it just didn't it didn't mesh well with, with this team there was moments throughout the season that it, that it looked good but i mean when you got a healthy john mechie a healthy jameson williams and a healthy bryce young i mean i could call some plays and they're gonna make me look good you know what i mean oh, yeah. so uh but I, I just feel like that that bill o'brien didn't mesh well with this team we were talking before we before we went live with steven about how Nice it would have been to see Steve Sarkeesian call call plays for this oh, Alabama man. team yeah, this year. It, it would have mattered. I mean, Jake, you and I could have been out there catching passes, and and Alabama would have won that game probably. I mean, it it just it's just light years difference because it's just one simple fact of Sark fits his scheme to his players. Yep. Bill O'Brien is stubborn, yep. and like again, it's the NFL. It's 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 a totally different, and he's not necessarily wrong. Right, yeah. It just it yeah. just doesn't fit at Alabama. Yeah, and yeah. it doesn't mean that he's a bad coach either or it, a bad it, play it'll, caller. It's, it'll fit. Yeah. It, it's an NFL style. Will it Levis is. had to deal with it. Todd Munkin, uh, and, until Stetson fumbled, he woke up and realized, oh, oh crap, I better start. <laughs> I better start actually calling plays for Stetson and not just my system. You know, yeah. and. And, and they 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 try. I mean, he kept trying to make Stetson a, a a pocket passer, and that's just not what he is. Same with Bryce. You know, he yeah. he kept. He, you know, Bryce and Stetson are not pocket guys, and that's not a knock on them. They're just that's just not what they are. That's not what they do. Yeah, that's like their playing style. Right. They got to use the last to get you know move out of the pocket to make plays. And mm-hmm. I would have liked to see Bryce do that a little bit more, but it just never materialized this year. I don't know, like like you guys said, if it was on coaching or what, but you know, yeah, that's surprising to me yeah. in this game, knowing I, I, that it's the last game of the year that that there was not any attempt to even try to run Bryce Young in any yeah, any way. That that's, it, it that that was really surprising. Small, I can tell you that much. <laughs> um, uh, defense did the defense did everything humanly possible, and then then the dam just broke. Yeah, um, right. Late right. in the fourth, you know, and and, and Georgia got that. Georgia got oh, one the, drive, but when Georgia when Georgia established the run, the game was over. I mean, yeah. it, once they established the run in the fourth quarter, the game was over because uh, 
Alabama's offense, they had proven it throughout the entire game. They could move the ball, much like George did in the SEC championship game. They could move the ball between the 20s. Mm-hmm. But once they got in the red zone, they just couldn't finish drives. And, uh, you know, whatever the reason was for that, obviously George has a great defense. That's one of the, that's the, one of the biggest reasons. But, uh, but uh, they just couldn't finish drives. And uh, late off. in that game, Georgia was able to uh, to put the game away by – you know, the offensive line dominating the line of scrimmage and uh, their backs making big plays. And, you know, James Cook and uh, yeah. Zamir White made plays and Stetson Bennett made the, the, the great touchdown pass to uh, Mitchell. And uh, and that was a great pass and a great catch. That was. I mean, Ky- oh, yeah. Kyrie Jackson was right there in coverage. I mean. I don't think he could have covered him any tighter. I mean, I, mean, I don't know what – I don't know I don't know what people expect. People were right. downing the kid on that. I'm like, what do you want him to do? I mean, yeah. good grief. I mean, he, he could literally right. do nothing else on that play. I mean, he had it blanketed. Yeah. I mean, he, he, I mean, he had it. I mean, I, I guess tackling maybe. I don't know. Get the, get the <laughs> he did do time. that one time. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, and that was, was actually a smart play. I mean, that's oh, a yeah. Great play. Yeah. That, I mean, in, in, in college, that's a 15 yard penalty. In the NFL, it's where the spot of the foul or where the spot of the ball is at. So no, that was, was spot foul, yeah. Yeah. So that was a very smart play because he was beat. Yeah. And <laughs> and I mean it, I mean and, and that's one thing, you know, Stacy, we we have talked about it and uh, you know, Corey, you 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 probably know as well, but this was Alabama's youngest team, you know, mm-hmm. that that Saban's carried to a championship game and not having you know, our starting corners, you know, now, now Kool-Aid has played some and, you know, um, Kyrie played in the, in the, you know, the, the, the Cincinnati game, but they're, they're just, the, the, the experience is just not there. And, and again, this, you know? this falls back on coaching. I mean, right. what, you know, you have to get those guys ready to play mentally and physically. And, right. and as what Nick Saban's been able to do so brilliantly throughout the course of his career, he was unable to do last night. He was unable right. to get his team off the mat after JMO went down. Yeah. And, and they, and, and mentally they never recovered. And usually Saban, usually a Saban team is okay. They might be down for a couple drives, but we're, we're, we're back. And, and the offense just, the offense just sputtered after that. Like Bill O'Brien, it was like you took away his play sheet and he didn't know what right. to do. Yeah. And, and that's, that's concerning. Well, and I'll, I'll say this. I, I don't, I think it's important for people to remember that not every freshman is a Tua, not every freshman is a Devonte Smith or Jalen Waddle. You know, there there's, there's guys that it does take a year and maybe even two years before they become, you know, the type of player that, that can help you win championships. So I, I don't want, I don't think Alabama fans should be concerned about that. I mean, it's just, it's first of all, it's one game against a great team mm-hmm. that's well coached with a lot of great players. So, I mean, if, if, if the Alabama players or the Alabama coaches staff, and I don't think they are, or if the Alabama fan base is, is you know, uh, you know, holding their head down after that, I mean, I don't know what to tell you, man. I mean, it's just, you can't win it every year. I I, I kind of got into it with, with somebody at work today. They were like, you know, where was where was uh, that top-ranked team at? I said, they were on the field. It was just the other team. I mean, you can't be the best team every year. Alabama didn't lose. Georgia, I, yeah, right. Georgia won. Right. You know, yeah, it, I mean, it's, it, and, and there's a huge difference in that statement. Exactly. Exactly. 
and they won it in the fourth quarter. I mean, it's just mm -hmm. like Saban said to Kirby when they met at midfield, hey, guy, you kicked our asses in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's just what happened. Let's call a spade a spade. Georgia kicked Alabama's ass in the fourth quarter, and that was the difference in the game. Mm -hmm. Without a doubt. And, and you know, that was finally, for me, that was refreshing to see because <laughs> usually it's the other way around. We're taking right. the ass kicking in the fourth quarter the last five times we've met. Um, or last seven times, really. Uh, we're, we're usually taking the ass kicking in the, in, in the fourth quarter, Stacy, and it's it's it was refreshing to see that now we're making the plays and you know yeah. we're pick sixing the, the the quarterback. We're you know we're blocking a field goal. We're we're making the the decisive plays, and and yep. Alabama's kind of reeling. Like now we had we had the depth advantage, and and the experience advantage. Right, Alabama was in the shoes that we usually wear where it's we have a couple guys go down and man it's 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 good night nurse uh yeah. but you know i i think the, the the beautiful thing about kirby rotating so many guys on defense is that latavius brady was a starter all year at the star position mm -hmm. uh he got replaced by william pool over the last couple of games and it's been a dramatic upgrade and pool had a tremendous game last night covering slade bolden uh, covering uh, Treshawn Hall on, on several occasions and mostly matched up with Bolden, but just did a tremendous job in coverage last night. Um, Latavius Brainy would have been burnt toast on, on a lot of those plays that Poole made made plays on. So yeah. uh, just just that development alone, like Poole was an afterthought at the beginning of the season. Like he was a down-the-line guy at the beginning of the season. He just – and he developed. He got He got time. He got minutes. Yeah, there. I want. I want to ask you, Corey, since you, your team won, what what about the game surprised you the most, if if anything? Being able to psychologically get over a catastrophic play that late, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was the biggest thing. Uh, Stetson fumbling, that would have. I mean, that would have broken us a month ago, yeah. and it did actually. It broke us a month ago, um, and to to come back so decisively on that very next series. To, yep. to to roar down the field and score a touchdown, I, I I was like, okay, this is different. This is this is the mature team that I've been talking about all season long. Right, like, right. Here it is. See, and that's and that's that's what experienced, talented teams do. You mm -hmm. just because you make a mistake doesn't mean the game's over. Doesn't mean that you have to, you know, reinvent the wheel on the next drive. Just play within yourself. That's what they went back to the Georgia way of offense. They established a little bit of running game, mm -hmm. and they allowed Stetson Bennett to make throws that he is comfortable making, and and they made the plays, and and that was the difference in the game. That that drive was the. I mean, you can act, you can go back and say if if you want to, you know, pick apart different things that that JMO going down really changed what Alabama had to do offensively, and it prop. I mean, probably the Should game have. was really yeah. It, it, probably the game was decided there from a psychological standpoint for Alabama, especially mm -hmm. offensively. Um, but but I thought, like, like you said, when the Stetson Bennett fumble happened, uh, when, when George was able to go back the very next series and, and score, uh, you know, I thought to myself, well, they've 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 leaped the hurdle. They're they're over that now. Mm -hmm. They're they now know that they can win this game, and uh, it's going to be tough for Alabama to overcome now. Yeah, no doubt. And and I, I thought that was that was a great great turning point. And 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 to go back on your point about you know for for Alabama, you know, and I hate to rehash the JMO injury, um, and and this you know that whole situation where if the ball was 
you know, six inches a little bit further out, he might be walking in the end zone doing cartwheels. Right. Uh, same with the George Pickens play. You know, if, if that right. ball is a little bit more in front of him, that might have been a touchdown. Or first, you know, first series, had they ruled that Bryce Young right. uh, incomplete pass the other way, which, I mean, honestly, could have gone either way. Same with the Stetson play, could have gone either way, which I, I don't like the inconsistency with that call. I, I think if you call it one way, Welcome back, Jake. I think if you call it one way, you got to call it the same way because it was a very similar play. Yeah, I would just I I've got to the point with replay. I would just rather them just do away with replay. Yeah, I mean it, just it's... just let the dudes call it on the field and that's it. I mean, it, because they just all they do is waste time. They're gonna they're gonna screw it up either way. I mean that either way. And, I mean, and I'm not one to get on the refs. I'm not one to to say ref referees 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 because, I mean. The, the the players decide the game, but when there's uh, that many penalties <clears throat> on both sides, yeah, well, there was there had to be close to twenty penalties in the game. It was, I mean, it was like penalty after penalty after penalty after penalty. Some of them were earned, a lot of them weren't. Yeah, you know, just, a lot of just, them weren't. It just uh, it, it's been that way. It gets worse every year, to, in my mm-hmm. opinion. The game, it, and and you know, honestly, what happens? The game gets faster, and there's less people that actually want a referee. So. Yeah, you know, take that for what it is, but so <laughs> you just kind of have to live with it and deal with it and play within it and not let right. it define you. But again, you know, it's it's hard to not get frustrated with it. But Jake, are you back? I I'm here. I don't know. <laughs> you know, sorry, people in the chat. My um, internet has went wonky. You know? Cody, he is the new Windows ninety five. Okay. 56k jake now okay can we change yeah. that can we change that cody okay yeah i'm fixing to call you know i'm gonna call charter and be like look my internet's messed up y'all need to come check it out see what the crap going on 28.8k jake all right steve <laughs> yeah but, jake I, we were talking about you know what surprised us most about about the game last night and and we we kind of both agree that it was the the, the george's ability to kind of clear the hurdle of of a, a big-time mistake not costing in the game, you know, not letting that carry over to another possession or carry over the rest of the game. And, you know, after the Stetson-Bennett fumble, uh, the, Georgia went down the field and, and scored and really just took the game over from that point forward. But w- mm-hmm. what really surprised you most? Uh, yeah, that's, you know, that, that's pretty much it for me. You know, it, it – Kirby finally got over the hurdle of beating Saban that, you know, I I felt like, you know, in the past that has cost him from doing a great coaching job. I mean, he it would get within, you know, just get in his head and it would overtake his ability to, to just make the make the correct call. I mean, we look at the fourth and eleven, you know, where he tried to, you know, fake fake a punt right up the middle on a run, you know, with uh, Justin Fields. It's oh, just – yeah, little <laughs> stuff like that, you know. So, you know, and and hats off to Kirby, man. And and uh, Saban gave him, gave him praise. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, Saban, even in a loss, said all the correct things. And Kirby did as well. I mean, we, we – all three of us, including Stephen Four. And I'm sure everybody in the chat knows these two teams are on a collision course again for next year. Yeah. You know, and it's probably, it's, it will probably be in the SEC championship game and then again in the playoffs. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Now, Stetson Bennett still got another year of eligibility, right? He does. He, he is, he is, dis- and he's, he's on record in, in saying that he's deciding 
what's going to be the future. He's not necessarily slam dunk to come back to Georgia. He's going to talk with Kirby on that. But to go back on your point, Jake, about Kirby and 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 Nick or Coach Smart and Coach Saban, they, I, I I've I've not seen two coaches in college football have that much respect for each other. Right. The the, yeah. the way that those two do, and and I think that. For I think Nick Saban was disappointed that Jimbo was actually the first to beat him. I think he was. Too. Uh, yeah, you're right. I think he yeah, was. Yeah, I, I think I think he deep down he's like, okay, this I, I'm not going to go undefeated against all my assistants. It's just not going to happen. Right. I I would I want it to be Kirby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, it, I I don't know if if y'all caught Saban's press conference last night after the game, but he uh he talked about you know obviously he, he wished that 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 album would have won, but. You know, if he's going to lose a championship, he he wants it to be to a, a former assistant like Kirby, who's done a great job building a program. And, mm-hmm. you know, he was very complimentary of Kirby. And, I mean, who couldn't be? He's built an incredible program. And, you know, I, I imagine as young as Kirby is and, and as well as he's recruited, this ain't going to be the first championship he wins there. Right. No, I mean, it's, it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be until Saban retires – I mean, it, it's it's going to be. I mean, this conference is is getting better too. So I mean, it's not it's right, not right. it's not it's not a mortal lock that that we are uh, that our two teams are going to be playing against each other. But uh, I I mean, as of right now, we're the, the two most loaded rosters with with the two best coaches in the league. So I I think when you look at it, you know, obviously we're the favorites. But then again, you know, Tennessee is is on the rise with 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 Josh Heupel, Florida just made a really good hire with Billy Napier. Ole Miss is starting to figure some things out with, with Lane Kiffin. They're still in very infant stages of, of building their program up. Uh, right. Pit boss up at, at Arkansas is, is heading in the right direction. Uh, A and M. I mean, this league is getting really, really, really good. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be to the point where, you, you know, the rest of the country is going to be like, you know, why, why do you even want to get in the playoff? Like they're gonna have to expand it to they're gonna have to expand it to twenty four teams just to get another team in the comp just to get another team in the playoff. I mean, it's gonna get to the point where all fourteen. It's just gonna be they're just gonna reseed the SEC and play a tournament. I mean, that's just that's just what it's gonna be. Hey, I'm good. I'm good with it. <laughs> hey, I'm fine with the SEC splitting away from the NCAA and starting hey, its own league. I'm good with that. But absolutely, um, yeah. won't be Auburn. Sorry, Jake. Uh. Yeah, how, how bad is it to be an Auburn fan right now? Your your three biggest rivals have won back to back to back national championships. Yep. LSU, Bama, and, and now Georgia, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and all the nineteen eighty jokes go go right out the window for for Tennessee fans and, and Florida fans and <laughs> Tech fans and all that stuff. So, you know, I we were talking about Kirby and and uh, and Nick. You know, I think I think it. Obviously, John, hold on, hold on, Stacy. John, yeah. uh, Nick Saban can coach from the spirit world. Yes, <laughs> and he will. He'll be a hologram, and he'll still be the best coach in the conference. So, all right, go ahead, Stacy. Yeah, so, so people say that they, they're building a, a, a Saban bot, and he's just going to roam the sidelines after Saban moves <laughs> moves on to another life and just keeps it going. But uh, you know, it, you could tell last night when when they when they met at midfield that that it meant so much for Kirby to beat Nick, not because, you know, ha ha, I beat my boss, but because, you know, this, if I want to be considered an elite football coach, this is who I got to beat. You know, I mean, that's, that's who I got to beat. And, you know, they're, they're probably really close. Obviously they are, they work together for a very long time. And, you know, Saban was genuine, genuinely happy for Kirby and, and 
to be able to accomplish that because you know we talked about the injuries and the 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 youth of a team but that's what makes winning the championship so so special is you don't just have to have good players you don't just have to have good coaches you have to have a lot of things go your way too mm-hmm. uh from an injury standpoint even if you have injuries do you have injuries to to positions that are you know, you have good depth at. You have injuries at positions that you don't have good depth at. There's a lot that goes into winning a championship. And uh, sometimes you have to have, you know, the ball bounce your way in certain situations. Sometimes you don't. But there's so much that goes into winning a championship. And and that's what makes it special. And and that's why, to me, you can't you can't use the, the cheap excuse of John Mechie and Jamison Williams not being in the game because mm-hmm. – uh, we don't know for sure if they're in the game if Alabama wins. I mean, I, I would like their chances, but I mean, you don't know what happens when those when those guys are on the field. I mean, there's just so many variables. That's why it's special. That's why whoever wins it, they obviously deserve it. They were obviously the better team, at least for that night. So, and that and that's what matters. And I I think I think the fans more so than anybody else kind of get caught up in all the what ifs. Yeah, and uh that they really shouldn't because it takes away from from what the players at georgia and the coaches at georgia had to do all season long and and the players and coaches album as well they all had to overcome so much and and the best team last night won i mean that's just that there's no if ands or buts about it the best team on monday what was it january 10th won won the championship Mm mm-hmm Absolutely. I, and I, I couldn't agree with you more, Stacey. I mean, it's just, it, it's, it, what bothers me is that there's so many good national pundits out there that are taking these lazy yeah. takes that, that yeah. are, that are having, that are, that are spewing this lazy stuff. I don't know if it's just propaganda that they're trying to, or they're just trying to say, you know, they're just trying not to say desperately trying not to say anything bad about Alabama. So they're going to make all the excuses for Alabama. I hate it. I mean, mm-hmm. you lost. There are reasons why you lost, right. and the reasons are you didn't fix the things that that crippled you, right. like losing losing JMO, losing Mechie, should not cripple you from an offensive standpoint when you still have your Heisman quarterback and one of the and another great running back and a and a really athletic playmaking tight end in Latou, and you still have Slade Bolden, who is like who is your Hunter Renfro, Wes Welker. Uh, slot guy, yep. Uh, and and you still have Jacory Brooks, who's had several big games down the stretch for for Alabama. I mean, you still have those pieces that hey, right. I can I can figure out with my Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, I can figure out how to mesh all of these guys and not feature one guy, but make you defend all of those guys. Mm-hmm. And I think that was kind of the difference in schemes when you look at uh, Munkin versus versus Bill O'Brien. Munkin, you know, unfortunately for Georgia, Munkin had to had to deal with this early on in the season, so he probably got a little more seasoning in. Okay, I, I, I've got to involve James Cook, Zamir White, uh, Kenny McIntosh, uh, uh, Lad McConkey, and, and Brock Bowers, and and he said that, and and he had to deal with all of that, and so he figured out how to use those guys within his scheme. Yeah. Whereas, had he just had this dumped on him, he I, I don't know that he would have figured that out quite quite so fast. But Bill O'Brien is a seasoned NFL guy; he should figure he should be able to figure that out. But he didn't because in the right. NFL, because in the NFL, like with the Houston Texans, and, until he made the dumbest trade in NFL history, 
he was featuring Brandon. He was featuring not Brandon Cooks. Uh, he was featuring DeAndre Hopkins, right? With Deshaun Watt, like like that's all he needed was, was that, mm-hmm. right? So, I, I think when you when you look at how he managed it, I mean, it's exactly how an NFL guy would manage it. Like you're going to fall apart that week uh, yeah. if if like if Ceedee Lamb goes down for the Cowboys, they're probably done. Right. Because they rely so heavily on him, or, or let's say you know uh, for Kansas City, let's say Tyreek Hill sprains an ankle. Yeah, he's he's toast, man. Like the Chiefs are toast because Mahomes probably won't know what to do. And so, luckily I, here on 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 Best of the West, uh, we're not that way because Jake is obviously having a, a career-ending injury. He's yeah. got the <laughs> surrender Cobra going. Oh boy, he is. He is. Uh, <laughs> we found a way to use other ball. weapons, but in the absence of Jake. Yeah, yeah thank right. God. Yeah. This has been a disaster on my end. Yeah, and 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 now the internet's better. I can finally read the chat again. Um, Bill O'Brien just strikes me as a prick who flat refuses or to or isn't capable of explaining things to players in a manner they can more easily understand. Why? Because he's an NFL guy and he's used to dealing with people that are paid millions of dollars to learn a system. Right. Yeah. No excuses. You know, that's what he's used to. Yep. Saban knew that. This is on Saban for hiring him. Like, you knew it was going to, you knew one of these times. And, and fortunately for Alabama, though, (laughs) I mean, it, it flopped. But you guys are national runners-up because it flopped. Why? Because Saban is a masterful recruiter. Yeah. And still has his hands on the defense. So you finish, instead of going 6-6 six and six into the Birmingham Bowl, you finish national runner-up in an epic in an epic game. So yeah. Talking bad where, about my Tigers? Yes, I am. <laughs> you, you, uh, yeah, so you, you should be ashamed of yourself. War Eagle. Um <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's um, guys? So what I would just, be worse, me barking or me saying War Eagle? That. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I got a question for you. Okay, the SEC is getting ready to go to sixteen teams. The Big Ten, the Pac-12, and the ACC is actively bar- trying to block every college football proposal that's put out. The SEC is fine at staying with four. We've had this conversation um, on Twitter many times. But this is a different conversation. At what point does the SEC just say, screw it, take a couple of more expansions that might not be SEC teams, think Ohio State and Michigan, and just form a 22 or 24-team league and just have their own competition? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they plucked 32 teams and just formed their own like mini NFL with like Clemson, mm-hmm. UNC, Florida State, Miami, right. uh, yeah. Michigan, Ohio State, and and just roll and just say, okay, everybody else, go screw yourselves. Yeah, I'm, I have no problem with that personally. I think mm-hmm. Ohio State would do that. I think Ohio State would leave. I think Wisconsin would leave. I think Wisconsin would come to the to this new league. Right, Penn State. I, I, I think the um, no, team can, to look can, at. You can have Penn, leave Penn State behind. I, I, yeah. Screw that. The, the next 10 years, the team to watch for that might do something you. ridiculous is USC. That's a good point. Like That's ridiculous point. as in like Join the SEC. Well, oh, that would be fun. Yeah. That would be fun. But that, but, but 
what would happen? Lincoln Lincoln Riley would go take the the head job at Hawaii if that happens. <laughs> he's, oh, he's yeah. trying to move as far away as he can. Let me get yeah. as far away from the lower forty eight as I possibly can. Right. Lincoln Riley, next coach at UCLA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He didn't um, even make it to spring practice, guys. <laughs> yeah, he's a if his, you his, say, tenure, his tenure might be as, as as fast as Mike Price's at Alabama. That's right. Ooh. Whoa. <laughs> Greatest Very coach quick. in Alabama history right there, Mike Price. Yeah. Speaking of which, <laughs> UTEP's good. Who knows? Mm. Yeah, UTEP yeah. is good. Y'all, I ain't going I remember going to the the A Day game that the one that Mike Price was at, and Brody Krull went absolutely bananas in that Mike Price offense. And and, and I know it was a practice game, but dude, it, it was unreal how good Brody Krull was in that system for that one game. And then we all know the rest of the story. Yeah. So do you do you, do you think if uh, do you think if uh, Mike Price controls himself and doesn't go to the strip club? that Nick Saban would have never came to Alabama? Probably so. I, okay. I, I, oh, I don't what, even want to think about it, that. Yeah, it wasn't about just Mike Price going to the strip club. Mike Price can go to the strip club. Let's just not – he was buying lap dances with the company credit card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what cost yeah, yeah. him his job. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's not good. That's not a good look. He pulled out the wrong – he pulled out the wrong pulled card. The wrong. He did. Yeah. <laughs> he should have and, said, oops, I'm old. I pulled out And the what wrong strip card. club – in Lower Alabama in 2003 is taking plastic for lap dances. Right. I, and I want to know what strip club down there you want a, a lap dance from. You know what <laughs> I mean? I mean yeah. <laughs> brings yeah. new meaning to hail damage. Oh, my God. Is this SSM is this dark? Yeah, Stacy just replaced the Jeb this week. Yeah, I mean, it just, it's going off the rails. I, I, I just chimed in, so it no, could Steve, be. Steven entered the conversation, yeah. and it's went downhill ever since. Yeah, it always have, does. Yeah, I have a He's way of making drinking happen. his land shark tonight. No, yeah. no, I had no intention of coming in. Yeah. No, Steve, I, what's that shirt you got there? It is um a hoodie. Are you, oh, it's a hoodie. Nice. Mm-hmm. What does nice. it say on his that? It says Old Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Yeah. It does not look like Ole Miss it, from here. No, it looks like it, the state no. of Tennessee. It was. The, <laughs> I'll say, man, I'm like, what's going on here, man? Are you evolved? It was the Nike stuff? 2020 players shirt that they distributed, and I saw that and I was like, "Ooh, I like that," and I got one, and I do like it. I was right. <laughs> yeah. Ole Miss is absolutely getting boat raced right now by Texas A and M. Uh oh. A and M's good. I'm yeah. not sure. I'm not sure Georgia has a basketball team at this point. You got Alabama the stars, and that's all that matters. Yeah. Yes. Alabama was down at half by five to Auburn. So it, and it and it looks it, like a stegosaurus too. That's that's the yes, part. it does. It it looks like the actual dinosaur stegosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man. Yeah, we we just went there. I'm sorry, I blew up y'all show. No, no you're good. good. Yeah. It's good, man. No, this is entertaining. I think, I think I think we had like pretty much covered the game from yeah, you know, from all angles as much as possible. Did any? Uh, of you, I it, recorded it. I, I might I might torture myself later. But did anybody watch the Jimbo Fisher film room? No, I did not. I did not watch the Jimbo Fisher film room because I heard people talking about. It. I didn't actually see it myself. As you can see, the actual dynamics of who has Jimbo's ears 
um, in that broadcast. (coughs) (laughs) So, yeah, if you want to know who's important at A&M, watch that broadcast because there's obviously all coaching staffs has a hierarchy to get to the head coach. You can see, you can apparently see it fairly easy there. Hmm. All right. Is it just with the staff? Mm Mm-hmm. So it's his whole staff. It's just his 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 staff. Jimbo and his whole staff. That's what beating Saban as assistant will do. Yeah. I I was, uh, I was wondering, because I I saw it with Jimbo Fisher. I'm like, this is not going to be Jimbo Fisher just sitting here for three hours, just watching the game and saying. That would be bored and it's all get out. Can you imagine? Let's take just a second to realize all of this going on, and Auburn thought that Zach Calzada was the answer to their problems. Hey, that's what I was going to talk about in the 2022. He's a, he's a Bama killer, man. Yeah. <laughs> he beat Bama, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> Apparently, you have to wear number 10 at Auburn and with a win over Alabama on your resume to play quarterback. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I'll be honest with you. It's a push to me between TJ Finley and, and Calzada. So I mean, I don't, I don't understand them taking him. I, I'm not. Yeah. I mean, the sad part is it's not a push. Calzada's <laughs> way better yeah. than Finley. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think Finley has <laughs> good upside if he's healthy. No. I think he just. No. Not the problem there. with Auburn, if you put a statue, maybe back not. There, maybe not at Auburn. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say, yeah, that's that's a good point. Not at Auburn. Yeah, his current situation, system. he's 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 right. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Bo Nix was running for his life, and that offensive line was almost as bad as Jimbo left at FSU. I mean, yeah. it, it, it was it's horrible. And it, I, right now, just sitting here thinking, I, I'm thinking about Auburn for seventh in the West. I, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, I, Will Rogers is back at Mississippi State, right? Yeah. yeah. They they're pretty much bringing. You know, I think they're missing two linemen and a safety missing state. So, yeah, and, and Ole Miss at the end of this end of this week is potentially getting a visit from Jackson Dark and Michael Trigg to go along with dude. Zach Evans. Uh, yeah. Jackson Dart is a dude. Yeah. yeah. So I guess that means Caleb Williams is headed to L.A. Oh yeah, as soon as Jackson uh, yeah. Dart entered the transfer portal out there, uh, yeah, he's like, yeah. yeah, the writing's on the wall. Yeah. Jackson Dart would Jackson Dart would do well with Ole Miss and Lane mm-hmm. Kiffin. Stephen, really while you while you here, uh, you know, I was going to talk. I want to hear your thoughts on uh, the the error that's just beginning with Luke Altmaier. How, how you feel about it, man? When I was watching the Sugar Bowl, like any type of a game, like Mike Matt Corral goes down in the first quarter, and in the second quarter, it's all, just all emergency get to halftime, and it looked that way. <laughs> And then during halftime, they were able to build a small package for him. In that third quarter, I thought something special was about to happen with that kid. And and then the fourth quarter, because Dave Aranda's a hell of a defensive coach, they figured out how to counter that a little bit. But he absolutely flashed, and it's at the point where I don't care who Ole Miss brings in. I want them to bring somebody in, and I want them to push it, but I'm not going to just – say that the job's not going to be won by Luke Altmaier to begin with. Yeah. Because he, he he looks like he has a little bit of it in him. And now Jackson Dart could change things. He's, he's like you said, he's a little bit of a dude. Um, but it's a situation that I'd be worried if Ole Miss did get Jackson Dart that Luke Altmaier might enter the portal. And yeah. <laughs> See, that's, that's kind of what – 
that's kind of what the portal's done is mm. now you ain't got to stick around. I mean, mm-hmm. it's right. I mean, if you feel like you need to go, you just go. Yeah. So, and, I mean, and I by think, the way, guys, Zach Evans is a dude. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's, uh, yeah, that, that was a, uh, I mean, he was a Georgia Bulldog. He had signed his LOI. Mm. And I think some stuff happened that obviously he has uh, since put in the rear view. Um, but, but Kirby said, no, we can't take you, man. There's just too much. Yeah, he had baggage. a lot of baggage at that point in time. Yeah. Uh, coming he out of did, high school. Yeah, he, he, he rectified he, it somehow. He's, yeah. he, he's a weird dude. Um, he's got a real <laughs> real big fixation with wolves. As in he likes to draw. <laughs> Seriously, I'm, I'm, I'm telling the truth. I mean, he's just a weird guy, weird personality thing. He's kind of like Greg Hardy in that aspect. Uh, but whenever he runs, like, you just look at his highlights, like when he was at TCU. And he wasn't necessarily used a lot at TCU, but there are plays where he looked like Adrian Peterson. Because T- TCU is that's – why, that's why Gary Patterson got fired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they really went downhill. They really went downhill. Uh, yeah. Another back uh, from Alabama standpoint, Jameer Gibbs from Georgia Tech. That that's going to end up being a very big, big yeah, get for I, I Alabama. I saw that and I'm like, oh, why? <laughs> ah. I was so happy with him, like being on a terrible team. Well, the best thing for Alabama, and was talking about 2022, is the fact that in the spring there's no John Mechie and no Jamison Williams. So they Somebody's have to put it. some – yeah, they have to put other dudes out there and use them. And yep. and depending on what's going on, uh, no Bill O'Brien. Because yeah, <laughs> he might be in Carolina. Yeah, you, there's there, – there, I imagine he, – He's the odds-on leaguer to get the Jacksonville job, which would be hilarious if he got the Jacksonville job. Yeah, it would be. DB coach uh, left a little bit ago from Alabama. He's heading to Oklahoma to be the co-defensive mm-hmm. coordinator. Uh, Jay Valai, I think that's how you say his last yeah, name. It's, it's kind of a weird spelled last name, but yeah. Um, uh, so he's he's gone. Um, and of course, there's a lot of rumors about other people, but obviously Bill O'Brien's the big one. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's that's going to be interesting. To, it's, it's, what's it's the rumor about Pete? I, I there's I, all indications yeah. he's staying. He's okay. yeah. I think he, he. I think he. he I don't ended think on that cheerleader he's hooking up with graduated yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that was, you know, yeah, that, that, yeah, that GA had to come out real quick. And yeah, it, yeah, it really it wasn't him, but it did look like him. It did. The GA, the GA looks a lot like Pete with a beard when he has yeah. a beard. <laughs> he's he is since shaved. He, he's yeah, like, yeah. I probably should should keep a shaved face. Yeah. So yeah. people don't confuse me with Pete Golden. <laughs> yeah, Cassidy, uh, I can't make any promises. Um, but I, yeah, I, I told you last night to be careful if you celebrated. So be safe. <laughs> How about Kirby's vertical on uh, Dude, on, uh the, yeah. I mean, I mean, he wasn't he wasn't all conference. Ring, back, ring, so. That was Ringo that had the pick yeah. six, right? Yeah. yeah, but that was twenty five years ago, Corey. We <laughs> yeah, all he know off, he picked <laughs> off Peyton Manning twice. <laughs> yeah. If I tried to jump like that now, like me and Peyton Manning is the same age. If I tried to jump like that right now, I would blow out my Achilles, pull a hamstring, and hurt my quad all at the same time. Maybe a groin injury as well. How old is Kirby? 46. 46? Oh, he's my age too. Okay. I thought he was around that age. I could, it's, hard to, it's hard to keep up with it. Time moves so fast that – yeah. 
You know, Jake, I went on. I went on. Jake's, uh, War Eagle. Uh, Kirby uh, Kirby ran a four three when DeAndre Swift scored that one touchdown. <laughs> so I went. It's on amazing a, what a journalist can do. Yeah, I went on a recruiting visit. Ole Miss was playing Georgia in ninety three, maybe. I think it was the Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, and. I got there and I realized that just nobody would say hi to me. Nothing was going on. They were just kind of ignoring me. I wasn't that great of a player, I don't think. But, I mean, normally they give you that cursory, hey, how are you doing? Because they just don't know who you are. But then I was like, what is going on? Because nothing was happening. I had free roam of the stadium and everything. I could just do whatever I wanted to do. And then I um, saw a huge crowd of people walking around like the Beatles. And I chose to go up there the same day that Peyton Manning visited Ole Miss. And just, he walked around and it was just like 70 people around him. You could see all of the Ole Miss coaches, the whole nine yards. And then Ole Miss went um, went and got on probation and just ruined everything. Yeah. Speaking of the Mannings, what's going to happen with Arch? Until until he until he doesn't go to Ole Miss, I'm going to think he's going to Ole Miss because his yeah. recruitment looks just like Eli's. Instead of Georgia at that time, it was Texas, and that's yeah. all you heard about was Texas. And then he came down and announced, and he went down there because everybody talks about NIL mm-hmm. and the money that Georgia can pay and Alabama can pay and Texas can pay and the whole nine yards. The reality is. I don't think people realize how much money a Manning can make in oh, NIL starting quarterback yeah. at Ole Miss. Oh, it don't matter where he goes. I <laughs> yeah, mean, yeah, he's is, he's going to be fine. Yeah, but just the, just the name alone is. I but Georgia, Georgia's got a quarterback problem right now, and, and it's a real one because now they've sat Justin Fields for Jake Fromm. And they've um, sat um, JT Daniels for Stetson Bennett. Not saying it's not warranted. It's just that Georgia doesn't want a playmaker. They want a game manager. And that's how they want to win. And they were able to win this game. So Stetson somehow turned into a playmaker at he times. He did. Uh, so. he, made, he made that one pass when Alabama jumped off sides. Which, by the way, either Will Anderson is the fastest human being alive or he was off sides half the night. The, uh, I think it's the. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what happened, but there were there were times when the out, the tackle just did not have a chance. But yeah, was, that was, one drive in the fourth quarter, they figured out how to block Will Anderson and give Stetson time to throw the ball. The offsides with the free play that took the pressure off and a fantastic catch by AD. Um, probably mm-hmm. the play of the night for Stetson Bennett though was that seventeen yard out route to um, Jermaine Burton, and once that got com- um, completed, he kind of started getting getting into gear. Because let's not forget, in this game, Stetson Bennett, for four, 50 minutes of it, was not good. He's he's going well, he to be a let- Yeah, he can um, take all the money off of NIL, open up a bar in Athens, tell stories about the national championship, and never buy another um, drink again. I mean, he could make just tons of money with that, but he was bad for most of that game. Um, but good for him for tuning, um, making those plays when he did. But that touchdown to Brock Bowers, that was really a bust by the Alabama defense. That, I mean, there was nobody over there. Well, they, they they were selling out. It was an RPO. They were selling out on the run. Yeah, yeah. And, and and once he caught the ball, it was a touchdown. But the 
there was really one because it was a terrible spot and it was third yeah. like inches. That free play though. Yeah, how was, was that probably, not a first down anyway? Yeah, I don't. I don't get that. He, he, yeah, he clearly went past them. Right. Yeah. yeah. They sh- they showed the replay from the the sideline of where the pilot or where the markers at. I mean, the, the ball was completely across. Yeah. I mean, I, I I told my wife. I said, "Well, that's the first down." And then I turn away. I wouldn't get a water out of the fridge, and I come back and it's third inches. I'm like, "What?" Because that that particular camera angle was the first down mark i know that's, that's like, crazy it's like clearly past this thing like, what the hell <laughs> um but yeah no i i think you know with with, with stetson i just it, like the psychology this goes down to like the psychology of the team with stetson right like, I, I think stetson just has a way about him that the people just like elevate around him and it, it's it's weird because like he's this five nine walk-on kid that hardly has a speck of talent, but can get the most out of his teammates. But what's scary is Gunnar Stockton is the five-star version of Stetson. He can move. He has a rifle for an arm. Wait, is that going to be the true freshman? Yeah. What about Vandergriff? I think he'll beat out Vandergriff. Okay. Beck is gone. I think Beck is gone. I'd be surprised if Beck stayed. Okay. So is he going to do the – who was the guy that was at Clemson and ended up at um, Appy State this year? Chase Bryce. Chase Bryce, where he just goes down and down and down and down um, to find to find State. a level that he can play at. I think that's going to be. Car- I mean, Carson Beck is Carson Beck's got a ton of talent, but he's just raw. Like, I, I think he'd be. I think he'd be somebody that could that could, you know, go to. I mean, God, if he went to Vanderbilt, I mean, he he would kill it at Vanderbilt. What's what's the deal with Harrison killed. Bailey? Have we heard oh, about yeah. Harrison Bailey? Bailey? No, I haven't heard. Of, I haven't heard a thing about. He's him. been in the portal for four months. He might end up at. Uh, he might end up at Army. <laughs> Jackson State. Yeah, uh, Jackson. You know, no, no, no. Deion Sanders' son is the quarterback. That's why he'll yeah. end up there. He'll just go. He'll just go and just. That's the only place. They're like, yeah, Harrison, we need a backup. <laughs> to show you to show you how great Alabama's run has been with Nick Saban and what's going on is Bear Bryant's grandson is transferring away and nobody is saying a word. <laughs> yeah, Nick Nick Saban has officially entered <laughs> entered the the realm of God status. I mean that that dude is ridiculous, man. Yeah, you know, in one of my in the article I wrote for like the five takeaways for for Roll Tide Wire, the, the the last one was, you know, Nick Saban, you know, squeezed every bit out of this team that he that he possibly could, mm-hmm. uh, considering the the circumstances around the roster and the coaching staff, you know, maybe not being up to snuff, especially you know from, not that Bill O'Brien's not a He's a great offensive mind. There's no question. Obviously, he does, you don't get where you're at by not having a great offensive mind. But the chemistry, I guess, or the continuity that he had with with the players on the offense just wasn't there. They didn't mesh well together for whatever reason. Nobody's fault. Not the players' fault. Not the coach's fault. It just kind of is what it is. And there's no way of really knowing that until you're in that situation. So uh, – I don't blame Bill O'Brien, but I, I think Nick Saban really squeezed about as much as he possibly could out of this 2021-2022 album of a team. So, I mean, it, it sucks to lose the game, but, um, you know, from just looking at it from, you know, a 1,000 feet away, um, 
it's hard to really complain about the season album ahead. Yeah, this this yeah. year, um, this was a nine nine and three level Alabama team this year. They went to the national championship game, and, and, and they lost came a up game a little, that they yeah. really should not have yeah. lost. Yeah, and was probably the ended up being the second best team in the country because you know we all called this game after week one. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. like okay, Georgia and Alabama, best team teams in the country. You know, this was all called, and Bryce Young took that team that was a nine and three team and made them an eleven and one team. He had one night where his offensive line kind of let him down and pressure kind of got to him against A and M, and then the national championship game where it's just weapons. Whenever you're counting on a running back against Kirby Smart and Georgia's defense, that's just that's just a bad place to live. Even so, with JMO, they were they were yeah. they kept hitting him. I mean they they I mean Georgia's defense honestly they did a good job of rattling Bryce. I mean I right. I, I kept saying as like teams that hit the the key to Bryce right now because he's so young. Like if you beat if you just physically beat him, yeah, he will start getting rattled. He will start he. I mean there's several throws and and God willing like. You could see you could see why he won the Heisman because a lot of the, so a lot of the throws he made that he completed would not have been completed by any other quarterback because it was literally catch and just fling it out because I'm about to get destroyed. Um, oh. But but he can throw dimes like that where other people can't. I've got a theory, by the way, and I think the secret weapon for that game was actually Will Muschamp, and I called this before the game. Because Nick Saban knows everything and how Kirby Smart is going to react to every potential situation. And that has mm-hmm. bit Georgia time and time again. Because Nick Saban just knows what he's going to do. Because they're they're practically symbiotic at this point. <laughs> Will Muschamp brought a different flavor and a pressure package. I said all week that um, Georgia needed to come out with exotics. And they didn't overly blitz because they didn't have to. But they came from different places. You didn't know where it was coming from. Were they coming yeah. from the edge? Were they coming up the middle? Were they going to try and hit the B gap? And um, I think a lot of that was Will Muschamp. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, it's going to be him and Glenn Schumann as uh, DCs next year. So I imagine they had a lot more input this go around than than normal um, because Dan Lanning obviously is now the head coach of the University of Oregon. So. Um, now instead of barking, he gets to hear quacking. <laughs> quack, quack, quack. Mr. Lanning. Quack, quack, quack. That's my ducks reference. If you Jake know. says, sorry everybody. I'm currently ripping out my Ethernet cord as I type this. I'll be back tomorrow night and definitely next Tuesday. Gotta reset this router. He apparently ran out of AOL disc tonight and will be with us tomorrow. <laughs> His code is free trial. Mm-hmm. For his seven day free trial is ran out. Yeah, it's all done. <laughs> so, fellas. All right. Well, um, he, is there anything else y'all want to talk about? I I think I think we've really covered all the bases for SEC historian wants to know what we're going to talk about moving forward. We're going to talk about that sport where like there's a round orange ball and you. Th- Apparently you throw it through some net. Yeah, they call Ole Miss got boat raced by A and M tonight, and um, Auburn's up by ten on Bama at, in Tuscaloosa. This is going to be fun because it's going to be my my weekly. Why are we? Why is Tom Crean still employed? <laughs> 
I, I, I think about the fact that he's like um, Jim Harbaugh's brother-in-law or something like that. And I was like, man, yeah. can you imagine being the bad one at a meal that has Jim Harbaugh in it? Mm. Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> you have Jack, John, uh, Jim, and then now Tom Crean at the table. And you're like far and away the worst coach in the, on, at the table. <laughs> oh man. He just needs to go to some mid-major school and overachieve because that's kind of what he – he's a mid-major coach. Yep. Yeah, and um, tune in tomorrow night um, for SEC After Dark. Um, that's right. Three of us will be on it. Um, unfortunately, not Stacy, but Jeb will be on the show and we'll be talking all about the game. And you will get more neutral perspectives about what actually happened for me and Jeb instead of people that actually had a rooting interest in the game with these guys going back and forth. It's actually been a good show tonight, guys. Yeah, a lot of fun. Is it usually not? (laughs) He usually doesn't exist. That's true. This is the first time back. This is the first best of the West in like two and a half months. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Even though it says Beast of the East, but you get the skin because you won the game, Corey. And there was no Beast of the East last night. That's right. So Mm. this is... (laughs) <laughs> this is de facto beast of the East. Right. But it's technically best of the West. Yeah. That's right. All right. Well, Stacy, take us out of here, man. All right, guys. Hey, we appreciate everybody tuning in tonight. Had a lot of fun uh, chatting up about the, the CFP national championship game. Georgia is your 2022 national <clears throat> champions. Congratulations to the Bulldogs and Kirby Smart and to the Bulldog Nation. Uh, but I don't think the tide will be going away anytime soon with as long as Nick Saban's in Tuscaloosa. So it should be a lot of fun. The basketball season is going to be a lot of fun to, to look at, uh, unless you're a Georgia fan <laughs> and Tom Crean's the coach. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but, yeah, we're going to be here to, to talk everything West division of the SEC. We'll even dabble into the East with our good friend Corey. And Stephen will be here along the way as well producing for us. And we appreciate everybody in the chat tonight. Uh, y'all make it a lot of fun to, to do these episodes. So we appreciate everybody. Y'all have a good evening. Thank you guys. Go dogs. Corey Bart. <laughs> Jake, this is for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs>